Next verse. When they had preached the gospel to the city, to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Okay, this is insane. So these are all of the cities that they got kicked out, rejected, stoned, almost killed. They go back to these cities to, to go preach the gospel. And, and then what? Verse 22. They love these disciples that they made that they continue at the risk of their own lives and their own personal safety to strengthen the souls of disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Their love for the church of God was such a priority that they risked their own personal safety. Their love for the church of God was such a priority that they risked their own personal safety. And, and you, the word encourage in Greek is parakaleo, parakaleo. What that is, it's a combo word, and what it is is, is to say, to call to one side. You see someone discouraged, they're discouraged in their faith. And remember, all these Christians, that they just became Christians in these cities, their city is hostile to the Christian faith. And so Paul's like, we got to go encourage these guys because they're surrounded by people who want to kill them and kick them out of the, out of the city. So they go, they go we got to call them to, to our side. We call them to our side, and we got to encourage them. to just go, keep going, keep going, to keep continuing the faith. I know it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult, but we got to keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. And what? saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, some of us may read this at face value and interpret it the wrong way and think that we earn it by persevering through tribulations. It's no. We've been given the kingdom of God. We've been given eternal life, right? These, these disciples, they believed. And now on the way home to Jesus through life, through life's journey, we are going to encounter tribulation. It's already ours, but there's tribulation. If you have signed up to follow Jesus, you have signed up for many tribulations. The way I want to put this is my parents, they were babysitting our kids last week. They tried to get some McDonald's and it ended up being a wrong order for them. And um, don't judge me, um, McDonald's, okay? <laughs> and, and they, you could judge me, it's okay. Um, and and, and they, they got the McDonald's, but it was wrong order. So they, they, the McDonald's gave them a rain check, but it's all the way by their house in Mount Prospect, a couple suburbs away from us. And um, the, my mom gave it to me. said, Junior, you could have it if you ever want to get your kids some McDonald's. It's completely paid for. It's a huge order. I'm like, oh, great. Thank you. And um, this past week, um, I was in my, my doctoral course, and we had an hour break for lunch. And I was like, okay, I got to go get this McDonald's, right? And so I, I had a certain amount of time. I had all these other things to get done before then. And then I had to go rush over there, you know, and in the snow. All of a sudden it's snowing, right? <laughs> and, and I have to rush over there and I have to order it. I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get it to me and talk with the manager. Here's what happened. Da, 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 da. And then I get it and I'm rushing home and then, I, you know, through the snow and I get it to my kids. And then I run back to my computer in time for class, you know? Um, and right there, it, it, that's an image, an analogy of what the Christian life is like. It's like, no, our Father in heaven has made the payment. He has paid for our sins at the cross. All right? And, and in order for us to go get that, to, to, to go enter into our eternal inheritance, we have things that we have to get done. We have things that we have to go through before we arrive there. But it's already been paid. Do you see? 
Before we get to that feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb, where people of every tribe, tongue, and nation who have been paid for by the blood of the Lamb, we have to go through many tribulations. This is going to happen. Do we understand that? And, and when I say this, I'm not just talking about, like, first world problems, y'all. <laughs> okay? First, second, even third world problems. That's not what I'm talking about. Sure, maybe, you know, your finances might take an impact as you follow Jesus and you try to live a, a simple life and, and live sacrificially. Yeah, your finances might take a hit. But ultimately, what this is talking about is saying, you know what, I'm going to put my life on the line. I'm going to identify with Jesus and I'm going to proclaim Jesus in a world that is hostile to him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 that, or Luke chapter 10, that the nations will hate you. I'm sending you like sheep among wolves. Are you ready for that? Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. I want to share a story that I came across of someone who was in the Congo. And it's, it's a missionary story of uh, David and Svea Flood. David and Svea Flood. And it goes like this. In 1921, missionaries David and Sophia Flood went to the Belgian Congo. They and an, another young couple, the Ericsons, felt led by God to take the gospel to a remote area called Endelora, Delera. Because the chief of that tribe would not let them enter, okay, persecution, their only contact was the young boy who sold them food. It was chicken and eggs. Svea, with a wife, led the boy to Jesus. Malaria struck, and the Ericsons, their other ministry partner couple, returned to the central mission station. The floods, David and Svea flood, remained near Endolora alone. Svea died within days of giving birth to a little girl. The mom, the wife. David, the husband, the widower, dug a crude grave, buried his young wife, gave baby Ina to the Ericsons, their ministry partners there, and returned to Sweden saying God ruined his life. Within eight months, both the Ericsons died mysteriously. It is believed that they were poisoned, their food was poisoned by that local tribe and possibly some witchcraft and sorcery involved with that. American missionaries adjusted Ina to Aggie, so they named her, changed her name to Aggie and brought her to the United States because they're like, oh my goodness, they might poison us too. Years passed. One day, a Swedish religious magazine appeared in Aggie's mailbox, unexpected. And in that magazine, there was a page with a photo inside that shocked her. It was a grave, she never knew her parents, with a grave with a white cross marked Svea Flood. That's her mom's name. A college faculty member translated the article for Aggie, the, the Christian college. Um, and missionaries came to Endolera, and it said, missionaries came to Endolera long ago. A white baby was born. The young mother died. One little African boy was led to Christ. The boy grew up and built a school in the village. Gradually, he won his students to Christ. The children led their parents to Christ, and even the chief became a Christian. There were 600 Christian believers in that one village. This is the 1960s. Aggie, 
was then given a gift to travel to Sweden for her 25th wedding anniversary. There she reunited with her half-brothers and her half-sister because her, her father, the widower, remarried. So an old man now, David Flood, had remarried, fathered four more children, and generally dissipated his life with alcohol. He had recently suffered a stroke, still bitter. He had one rule in his new family. Ne this quotes, never mention the name of God because God took everything from me, end quote. That was his rule in his family. After an emotional reunion with her half-brothers and half-sister, Aggie brought up the subject of seeing her father. The others hesitated. You can talk to him, they replied, even though he's very ill now, but you need to know that whenever he hears the name of God, he flies into a rage. Aggie could not be deterred. She walked into the squalid apartment with liquor bottles everywhere and approached the seven-three-year-old man lying in a, in a rumpled bed. Papa, she said tentatively. She tur he turned and began to cry. Aina, he said, I never meant to give you away. It's all right, Papa, she replied, taking him gently in her arms. God took care of me. The man instantly stiffened. The tears stopped. He says, God forgot all of us. Our lives have been like this because of him. He turned his face back to the wall. Aggie stroked his face and then continued undaunted. Papa, I've got a little story to tell you, and it's a true one. You didn't go to Africa in vain. Mama didn't die in vain. The little boy you won to the Lord grew up to win that whole village to Jesus Christ. The one seed you planted just kept growing and growing. Today, there are 600 African people serving the Lord because you and Mama were faithful to the call of God on your life. Papa, Jesus loves you. He has never hated you. The old man turned back to look into his daughter's eyes. His body relaxed. He began to talk. And by the end of the afternoon, he had come back to the God he had resented for so many decades. Over the next few days, father and daughter enjoyed warm moments together. Aggie and her daughter soon had, returned, had to return to America. And within a few weeks, David Flood, her father, had gone into eternity. A few days later, the Hursts, that's Aggie and her husband's last name, were attending a high-level evangelism conference in London, England where a report was given from the nation of Zaire, the former Belgian Congo, the superintendent of the National Church representing some 110,000 baptized believers spoke eloquently of the gospel spread in his nation. Aggie could not help going up afterward to ask him if he had ever heard of David and Svea Flood. I am their daughter. The man began to weep. Yes, madam, the man replied in French, his words then being translated into English. Quote, it was Svea Flood who led me to Jesus Christ. I was the boy who brought food to your parents before you were born. In fact, to this day, your mother's grave and her memory are honored by all of us. He embraced her in a long, sobbing hug. Then he continued, you must come to Africa to see, because your mother is the most famous person in our history. In time, that is exactly what Aggie Hurst and her husband did. They were, they were welcomed with cheering throngs of villagers. She even met the man who so many years before, when she was less than a month old, had been hired by her father to carry her down the mountain in a soft bark hammock. The most dramatic moment, of course, was when the pastor escorted Aggie to see her mother's grave marked with a white cross for herself, where she thanked God. Later that day in the church service, the pastor read from John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, 
Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. He then followed with Psalm 126.5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Child of God, I don't know what you're going through today. But God has not hated you. He has not abandoned you. He has not forgotten his plans in your life. You have to believe Faith is a conviction of the things unseen, right? You have to believe that God is expanding his kingdom even through your tribulations. That many, many souls will come to know Jesus. And many souls will be strengthened and encouraged to continue in the faith as they endure many trials before entering into the kingdom of God. Let's finish up here. I'm just going to read and finish. And, and when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed, verse 24. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia, the same exact towns that they were in and experienced persecution, verse 25. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they came down to Italia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled, verse 27. And then when they had arrived together, they gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door to the faith of the Gentiles and they remained no little time with the disciples. I want to close with that, the, the slide before. Commend us to the grace for the work that they had fulfilled. So Paul just concluded his entire missionary journey in about a year and a half. Visited all these cities, proclaimed the gospel. At the beginning of Acts 13, before he was sent out, it was what? The church, fasting and praying and worshiping, they heard from God, tell them, set apartment for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work to which I have called them. And then so they go. They're sent off. And then what? They come back and they declare all that God had done for the work that they had fulfilled. The mission of God is unstoppable. The mission of God is unstoppable. No matter how many twists and turns your life takes, as you try to live for God, as you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, child of God, God's will for your life cannot be stopped. It will be fulfilled. And there is nothing better, nothing better than being in the will of God. And I pray that each and every single one of us, that we could say at the end of our lives, I have completed the work that God has called me to. I've completed the work. I, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And there's stored up for me that eternal inheritance, the kingdom of God, which I will enter into after these many tribulations. Church, child of God, continue in this grace. Continue in the faith. Be encouraged. Be strengthened. Do not give up. Tribulations will come, but we have to go through them. And God has not abandoned you. He's with you every step of the way. Matthew chapter 28. Behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God.
Father God, we, we come before you. We come before you, and, and Lord, we, we just confess, Lord, we, in so many different ways, at so many different times, Lord, we have doubted you because of tribulations and trials and pain and suffering as we try to follow you, God. And it's been so easy to give up. It's been so tempting, Lord, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. But Lord God, you've been so good, and we trust, Lord. We have conviction that things unseen, Lord, you, you in your manifold wisdom, in your absolute sovereignty over all, all the details of my life and in the events of everything happening around me and in this world, Lord, you are advancing your kingdom. Souls are being won because as we just faithfully try to sow the seed of the gospel, Lord, we trust you with the growth. And one day we will see on the other side of heaven, on the other side of death, we will see how much fruit was born. The ripple effect it had as souls were won to Christ in ways that we had no control over, but it's because you who made the seed grow. So we trust you, God. Come what may. Whatever tribulations we will have to endure as we follow you, as we continue in the faith, strengthened and encouraged to continue in the faith, Lord, we trust God. There's a purpose in the pain. That your precious plan will unfold. And Lord, we want to show up we want to show up at your throne one day and hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's happiness. We can't wait for that day, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill us, lead us in your unstoppable mission to the very end. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.